0: Hello, Bridgetown Church and those of you joining us online. My name is Bethany Allen, and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Thursday, February 11th. This week, I thought about moving. Not away, but from the apartment I've been in for the last eight years. I felt as though I needed a change, something to give, the scenery around me to shift. Things have felt a bit stale or halted in the area of inspiration for me, and a new place, I thought, would probably do the trick. I went and looked at this beautiful apartment on Saturday. It was brand new, clean, updated, and the view was insane. I was up for it. But after running through the logistics, the costs, the idea of moving, I realized that what I was stepping into— wouldn't at least at a few levels alleviate what was actually happening inside of me don't get me wrong i don't think a change of scenery has ever hurt anyone but what i realized after walking down the path a bit was that a change of scenery wasn't what i was really after this year has taxed each of us in many different ways the loss even if it wasn't personal to us has been profound And the grief is so layered that it's been hard to even identify. Its impact, I'm certain, is still lingering beneath the surface somewhere. And while there is certainly beauty to be found, there's also been lots of pain to bear. What I realized this last weekend is that I'm grieving. Yes, it feels like we've been grieving for a hundred years, but it seems I'm not quite through. And maybe you're not either. Things, especially in light of this pandemic, continue to change. Work, rhythms of connection, relationships, and even our hopes for what could be constantly shifting depending on the moment. While grief, at least for me, and I think for many of us, may not look like it does in the movies or on TV, it is still very real. The sadness, the sense of loss, the numbness and desire to feel— Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines grief as a deep and poignant distress caused by bereavement. It origins from the word gref denoting injustice or calamity, and from the Latin word grevis or gravis meaning heavy. In essence, grief could be described as a heavy, calamitous injustice to our souls. It's complex and never one-dimensional. In it, our systems of relating to God and others and self can get broken, and it often seems our weaknesses or failings and the realities of the human condition are emphasized. Grief and loss are intrinsic to the human experience, which begs the question, what does that mean for us? I've been thinking about Paul's words to the Church in Rome in light of grief and loss. In the book of Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 8, Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory. Of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and daughtership, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things— God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There's so much that can be said about these verses, but my mind has been drawn in particular to two things. First, it's so cool to me that in the same breath that Paul talks about suffering, he talks about glory. The two in this text are connected. Glory isn't a word we use very often, but simply put, it means great beauty or honor. So, Paul is saying that as disciples of Jesus, there may be suffering and heartache now, but it doesn't compare with the beauty and honor that is coming, that is inevitable for those of us who follow Jesus. And that's good news. Second, in this text, we're reminded that we're living in a world where even creation is longing for death to die once and for all. Or in other words, for the fullness of the kingdom to come. To usher in a world where there is no more loss No more grief. No more suffering. And that reminder is helpful as we journey along, especially in hard seasons like the one we find ourselves in. This passage doesn't invalidate our present grief, but it does call us to a future hope within it. And to me, that's helpful. As I continue to grieve what isn't, as I continue to count the loss, I am comforted and challenged to look for hope not as the world can offer it or even predict it, but as God gives it. God is at work, and even in our weakness, He is helping us. And I can't think of better news for those of us who are grieving. This week, wherever you may be in grief or in joy, my prayer is that you know that God is with you, that while He can handle the chaos of that grief, He also wants to bring you comfort in it. I want to end by reading Psalm 20 over us. If you can, take a moment and listen to these words and receive the Spirit's comfort as I read them. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support in Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know this, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the King. Answer us when we call.